Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. of Revelation, Revelation chapter number three, we are not delving into prophecy for anybody's minds that might be going to there um, because we're reading from the book of Revelation, amen, we're not, if you are interested in that, we have probably a 34 part series on podcast from having done that before, amen, and you can probably find it and listen for hours and hours and hours. Man, Revelation 21, and we're going to just, I'm just going to read one verse, amen, here this morning. The Bible says, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself shall be with them and be their God. This was the subject I was going to approach last Sunday, and after looking back on it, it caught me just a little humorous because my, my title this morning is Heaven on Earth and felt like we had a little bit of that last week. And so I don't know if it's predictive or what, but nonetheless, amen, heaven on earth this morning is what I want to talk to you about, amen, from the word of the Lord, hallelujah. We can go to the Lord in prayer today, ask him to help us in this endeavor. Father, I love you, Jesus, this morning. God, I need you, Lord, in this place. And we need you, Lord Jesus, collectively, Lord, here today. God, that you're able to speak and minister, Lord, to our hearts. Help us, God, to trace some things, Lord, in your word. God, that will be beneficial, Lord, to us, Lord Jesus, individually and collectively. God will not fail to thank you and praise you for it. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. The church say amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning in Jesus' name. I want to take a little, little time this morning to trace something, to trace something from Genesis to Revelation. And that is the fact that God has desired to be with his creation from the very beginning. And the capstone of that, I think, is seen in verse number 3 of chapter 21, how he would come down and tabernacle among us and be with us and be our God. And that has been his desire from the very beginning, uh, the very beginning with the first family. From Genesis to Revelation, we see this desire uh, fulfilled in glimpses of it throughout the Bible. The Bible tells us in Genesis 3 that God's voice walked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He could have just as easily taken Adam and Eve to uh, heaven to visit with him or to be with him, but he didn't. The Bible says that his voice walked with them in their world. 
His voice walked with them in their context. And God designed a dwelling for man and, and, and the woman in Eden, and he walked with them there in their world. And this was, this was typical of the garden life. This pattern uh, of the garden life is typical throughout Scripture. Adam and Eve usually walked with God. That must have been the normal case until they hid from God due to their iniquity. God designed creation as he desired it, as he seemed fit, as he seemed best. And if you want to know about the divine order of the Lord or how he intended things to be, then we must go back to the beginning. We must go back to the place of origin. And in the beginning, God made them, according to Scripture, male and female. That's the order. That's the design of God. And he placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says, to work and to take care or to dress it, to take care of it. So this was the dwelling place of man and wife. This was the dwelling place of Adam and Eve. It could have, mind you, it could have easily been the dwelling place of God. For again, the Bible says, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. God was in the garden of Eden. God was with man, and that was his desire from the very beginning. That was his desire from the start. Eden was a place of unrestrained fellowship, unrestrained communion with God. It is where humanity had full access. Adam and Eve had full access to God. Now, we don't know the exact time frame there in Genesis, but soon after all of the garden was there and Adam and Eve was placed there and Eve was brought to Adam, soon after all of this, everything changed. That access to a certain degree changed. Again, I don't know the exact timetable uh, of how long it happened, but I do know the, the, the order in which it took place. Adam and Eve sinned and that changed their access, so to speak. They they directly did what God told them not to do with their choice then came a consequence right the Bible tells us in Genesis 3 that the man and the woman was banned they were banned from the only dwelling place they had known the garden of Eden and they were set outside the Bible says of the garden of Eden and they lost their free contact with the presence of the Lord that was commonly there his voice, amen, speaking to them there. They lost their free contact with the presence of God. No longer would they hear his voice walking among the trees of the cool of the day. Amen. The Bible even tells us that God ensured that they wouldn't be in the garden. Amen. They were kept from this space by placing cherubim with a flaming sword, the Bible says. Uh, cherubim with flaming swords at the entrance to the Garden of Eden. Amen. I want to trace something for us today. Later in the scripture, God instructed Moses. This again is undergirding the fact that God wants to be with us, with his creation. God instructed Moses, he said, make me a sanctuary that I might dwell among my people. Make me a sanctuary. He had that in Eden. He had that communion with mankind in Eden and sin entered in and, and caused this division. But now in Exodus, he's saying again, let them make me a sanctuary that I might do well with my people. He wants to be with his creation. He wants to be with you and I. And so he came to them. 
the Bible says, after they had the, the, the tabernacle made and the Ark of the Covenant placed in the holies of holies and the cherubim that were upon the mercy seat that looked toward each other yet down at the mercy seat, the Bible told Moses, he said, I will appear to you in a cloud between the cherubim above the mercy seat. And so whenever the high priest went behind the veil, the veil that separated the holy place from the holies of holies, typically once a year on the day of atonement, he would have then interaction with that cloud that was between the cherubim. And note the design of the veil, mind you. Note the design of the veil. You'll find this in Exodus in two places. Uh, you read sometimes things in Exodus that seem very redundant. And one place is where God told Moses about what he wanted done. And the next place is where Moses did what God wanted done. And so a lot of times it sounds very redundant, but it's found in Exodus 26, 31, also in Exodus 36, 35. Notice the design of the veil. And thou shalt make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen of cunning work. Now note this, with cherubims shall it be made. Interesting. Because cherubims is what God placed outside the garden with flaming swords to guard that place where his interaction and presence had been with mankind. And now in the tabernacle plan, before where the Ark of the Covenant is, where his presence, he said, would be, he has cherubims once again interwoven on the veil. Almost as, as, as guards again, for the presence of the Lord. So the veil that separates man from the presence of the Lord again has these cherubims that are in this. And this would no doubt remind mankind, amen, of Moses' day with the design of the tabernacle. This would remind them of the original sin that caused cherubims to be stationed outside of the Garden of Eden to begin with. Amen. To guard, the Bible says, God did this so that they would guard the way of the tree of life that was in the Garden of Eden. And so we see this mirroring of events of cherubims that's carried on over into the tabernacle guarding the very presence of the Lord where God's glory would come down God's dwelling place would be now the interesting thing about this tabernacle and we're going to look at it here in just a moment almost every earthly dwelling that God influenced man to build he, and if they did it according to his plan and according to his design, he filled it with his glory. Almost every earthly dwelling. The Bible says in Moses' of Moses's tabernacle in Exodus chapter number 40, again, Moses has taken the, 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 the instruction of God on how to make this tabernacle, what size to make everything, what material to make everything, and no sooner had Moses completed this, no sooner had Moses set all this up, the Bible says these words, Exodus 40 and verse 34. Then a cloud covered the tent of the, ta of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord had filled the tabernacle. Now God is fulfilling his word. He said, make me a sanctuary that I might dwell among you. And when they did it according to the prescribed design, the prescribed plan of material and everything, what happens? Moses no sooner gets that finished, everything in order. God comes down and he fills that tabernacle with his glory because God really does want to have interaction with us. 
God wants to have interaction with mankind. Everything was done to the pattern. Everything was done to the design. And so God comes down and he manifests himself in that tabernacle. It's got to be, listen though, it's got to be done according to God's plan and design for the glory to show up. Amen. God told Moses, I I want an outer court. I want a holy place. I want a holy of holies. I want the right pieces of furniture in there that I prescribed. I want an altar where there's going to be the death of a sacrifice. I want a laver where people's going to wash. I want a table where uh, bread for them to eat. I I want lamps so that they can see by. I want another altar right before the veil so that they can worship. Ultimately lead into an area where my presence is experienced. Folks, there is is a divine pattern, a divine pattern, amen, for the glory of the Lord. It requires death at an altar. It requires washing. It requires worship. It requires light for seeing. It requires all these things. And when they're done according to his plan, his glory will fill the place. It's a divine plan, amen. And he wants to be with his people. And so God came down in a cloud. He's testifying, no doubt, to the appropriateness of Moses following the pattern. And he's coming down, no doubt, wetting his appetite that he's had from the very beginning to be with his creation, to be with mankind. He wants to be with us. And from there forward, from there forward, the priest experienced the cloud in the holies of holies when he followed the outline of the tabernacle, went through the outer court, went by the altar, went by the labor, and whenever he followed the pattern and finally went through the veil, amen, he would experience the power of the glory of the Lord in that place. And so likewise, we got to follow the divine pattern. His glory is revealed in the same manner. Now, God wants to be with us, all right? God wants to be with us. So when we come then to the temple of Solomon, all right, Leaving from Moses' tabernacle to the temple of Solomon, they place the Ark of the Covenant. Finishing touches are coming up on the temple of Solomon, not another like it. Very ornate, very embellished, gold and silver and all these things, uh, carvings of wood. And so when they placed the Ark of the Covenant in the temple and was putting the finishing touch upon that, and the musicians and the singers are unified in their giftings in one, in one sound of praise and thanksgiving to God, this is what the scripture reads of that dwelling. Second Chronicles chapter 5 and verse number 13. And it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endure forever, that then the house, speaking of the temple, was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. God was in the garden. He wanted to be of Adam and Eve. He said, make me a sanctuary. He filled his presence in the tabernacle of Moses. And now in the temple of Solomon, amen, here is Solomon and David really that have followed the direction of the Lord. God had given David the pattern to the tabernacle to the temple of Solomon and Solomon has executed it and so here it is a house that is now built that Solomon has been commissioned to build and God comes down in his glory cloud and manifests himself because he wants to be with his people someone say amen heaven coming down to earth now the second temple 
as it's commonly called, or Zerubbabel's. Yeah, that rolls off your tongue real well. Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel's temple is the temple that was built after Israel came back from 70 years of captivity. They were allowed, I made mention of this last Sunday night in message, Cyrus made a decree, you can go back home and you can build your temple. They returned to Jerusalem to rebuild their temple, their city, their walls, their gates. And Haggai spoke in his prophecy of this temple in comparison and in contrast to Solomon's temple. Here's what Haggai says in Haggai 2 and verse 7. And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, And look what he says. This is from the Lord. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Look at verse 9. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Look, God, Sister Margaret, his, his mode of operation has not changed from the beginning. He was with Adam and Eve in the garden. He wanted to be with them in the tabernacle of Moses, in the temple of Solomon. And now after 70 years of exile and captivity due to their own sin, they come back and build their temple. And Haggai says, God is going to fill this house with glory. And the glory of this latter house is going to be the greater than the glory of the former house. The Lord said, I'm going to fill my house. I'm going to fill my house with my glory. And he did. Watch this. The temple that was standing during Jesus' time was Herod's temple. Herod's temple essentially is nothing more but a continuation of Zerubbabel's temple or the second temple. Amen. The glory of Zerubbabel temple or Herod's temple, if you will, was in this one that we read in John 1.1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And verse 14 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt, which literally means tabernacled among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Whenever Jesus as a child was taken to the temple and named on the eighth day and circumcised, he was in what was essentially a continuation of the second temple, Herod's temple. Amen. Whenever he was there asking doctors and lawyers questions and answering some things himself as a 12-year-old boy, guess what? It was that temple that was spoken of of in Haggai. Later in his life, he would teach even things, amen, from this place or the courts of this place that were hidden from the very foundation of the world. What are you saying, Pastor McGee? God filled his temple with glory. It wasn't through a cloud as it was in the tabernacle in the wilderness. It wasn't like a cloud that was in the temple of Solomon but he filled it with his glory by God being manifested in the flesh of Jesus Christ and that man walking into that temple we beheld his glory as the only begotten because God wanted to be with his people he says I'll fill this house with glory and the glory of this house will be greater why because we're changing it up now it's not just cloud it's flesh and blood Someone say amen. And so when Jesus, and you know, and we, we've studied this in John, Jesus spoke even of his own body being a temple, right? And so it's kind of like whenever Jesus was in the temple, we had a temple within a temple. <laughs> it's almost like those little nesting dolls, you know. We have a temple within a temple. The Lord dwelt in verse 14. 
Amen. Of John chapter number one, the word dwell is is Sekenu, uh, which means to tabernacle. He pitched his tent. Jesus tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory because he was created according to a divine pattern that followed a divine order. Again, this isn't a cloud. This is flesh and blood. It isn't behind a veil or a curtain of linen that has cherubims interwoven on it, but it's still behind a veil of flesh. It's behind a veil of flesh. The Bible says in Hebrews 10 and verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, verse 20, by a new and living way which he have consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. And so things have switched. What was Moses' tabernacle and Solomon's temple and Zerubbabel's temple, now we have in the man Christ Jesus, the temple. Amen? And the priest that used to enter the holies of holies to witness the cloud upon the Ark of the Covenant, he could only enter into that place with the blood of a sacrifice. And he would sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat. And the writer of Hebrews tells us that Jesus' own sacrifice on the cross, the blood of Jesus, allows us access then into this very, very sacred place of the glory of the Lord. And when we part the veil of Christ's flesh, amen, we are reaching the glory of God, knowing, as 2 Corinthians 5.19 tells us, to wit that God was in Christ. If you get beyond the veil of his flesh, glory. And so glory was upon the temple of the flesh of Christ Jesus. And when that man was in the literal temple, some often spoke a greater glory than Solomon's temple was there. That's what Matthew said. He says, but I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. He was referencing the Lord Jesus Christ. There's one greater than the temple. Someone say amen. God wants to be with you. Heaven wants to come to earth. Then, someone say then. When we, someone say we. When we are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Someone say temple. Temple. We are temples. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have a God, and you're not your own. From the garden to the tabernacle to the temple to the temple to the man Christ Jesus to you. God wants to be with us. The presence of the glory of the Lord has become so intimate with humanity it's now not over the Ark of the Covenant. It's now not just in a man Christ Jesus, but it's come to live inside of us because God desires fellowship and communion with his creation all the way from the, all the, way from the beginning. Amen. The cross, what the cross has done, the cross has redeemed what was marred in the Garden of Eden. 
The cross has redeemed that. The presence of God walked with the first couple in the beginning and he communed with them in the garden of Eden, which I'm saying in many regards was almost like their first temple, that enclosed space of the garden with God. And he came down, Christ did. God came down in each tabernacle, each respective tabernacle and he conversed with his people and his people conversed with him and he conversed with the rows of the priests and the priests would converse with the people. He came down in the man Christ Jesus and all people had access to him. See even access is getting better. Before it's just the priests enter into the holy place once a year but whenever Jesus comes everybody has access to him if they will afford themselves of that and now we have the ability of that glory being inside of us us, if we'll be participants of the divine order and the divine plan that he set heaven wants to come down to earth amen they're to meet their needs to fellowship with them and so on the day of Pentecost that we read of in Acts 2 the relationship changes he was with them But he said, I shall be in you. His presence fills their temple. Filled Moses' tabernacle. Filled Solomon's temple. By the man Christ Jesus, Herod's temple. His presence fills their temple again as a testament that the divine pattern has been met. What do you mean? I repent of my sins. I'm baptized in Jesus' name. I followed the divine pattern for the glory to come in. Amen. For the glory to come in. Because repentance in many regards is an altar for the death of the sacrifice, so to speak. The baptism of a laver is a place of washing in our life. And that design promotes the Holy Ghost in filling. It fosters, if you will, the gathering of the cloud and the manifestation of the glory. So in each episode, there's glory. God caused it. Tabernacle with temples, Zerubbabel's temple, which was Herod's, your temple, for that matter, even the temple of heaven, follow me here, and the new earth in the book of Revelation. See, and we spoke of this before, but there is, of course, there have been earthly tabernacles, but the earthly tabernacle takes its pattern from the heavenly tabernacle heavenly tabernacle as well the earthly tabernacle scripture tells us was nothing more but a shadow of the heavenly tabernacle you can read of that in hebrews chapter 8 and hebrews chapter number 9 there is an earthly and there is a heavenly and the earthly does nothing more but mirror what is in the heavenly there are articles of furniture in the heavenly tabernacle that was spoken in the bible like a brazen altar a golden altar an ark all of these things are even mentioned in the book of revelation the bible speaks that the temple of god is spoken of there and guess what There's a temple of God spoken of in the heavenly, a heavenly tabernacle. And guess what? It was filled with guess what? Glory. The Bible says in Revelations 15 and verse number 8, and the temple, speaking of this heavenly temple, was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple 
That sounds like no one was able to minister, almost like what happened in Solomon's temple. Till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. So there's a heavenly, there's a heavenly tabernacle, glory garden, glory tabernacle, glory temple, glory temple, glory Jesus Christ, glory your temple, glory heaven. Although Adam and Eve failed in the garden, for me it's interesting to trace God wanting to fulfill his desire from the very beginning all the way even through to the book of Revelation. Because in each of these stages, and ultimately at his second coming, when he sets up his eternal kingdom, guess what? He still is just wanting to be with his creation. He dwelled with mankind in the garden. He lived among him in tabernacles, lived among them in temples. He's with them by virtue of the man Christ Jesus. He's with us by virtue of the Holy Ghost. And when we all get to heaven, our bodies won't be these deteriorating temples. We shall be changed, the scripture says. Corruption will put on incorruption, right? Mortal will put on immortality. Scripture even says what you bury in the ground, what you put in the ground, even concerning the seed, the whole of it falls off. What comes up from the ground, what resurrects is different than what you put into the soul, meaning of appearance and, and of body. Right? And so when we all get to heaven, our bodies will not be these deteriorating temples we have now. But God will be there. And Scripture says, and there on that day, whenever he's going to set up his kingdom here on earth, and there will be no temple. It tells us that God will be the temple. That there will be glory, that there will be glory, and there will be nothing stopping that glory, shielding that glory, veiling that glory. Let me read Revelation 21 again and include a couple other verses with it, verses 1 and 3. John says, and I saw a new heaven, right? The first heaven, the first earth passed away. The Bible speaks of how the elements are going to dissolve in Peter. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. Watch this now. Coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. There is something restorative about this new Jerusalem. It is, in essence, heaven coming down to this new earth. You will read in John 21, that's where you read about one gate made of a solitary pearl. It's where you read about streets of transparent gold. This is in this new Jerusalem. It's where you read that city has 12 foundations and that it's basically 1,500 miles Cubed. All of that is concerning this new generation, new, new Jerusalem, generation two. New Jerusalem, the Bible says, that's coming down from God out of heaven to the earth. 
folks, hallelujah. What God envisioned for Eden, amen, is captured as heaven coming down to earth in the book of Revelation. On that day, heaven. Right now we think of heaven something way gone up there. And yes, whenever you die to be absent in the bodies to be present with the Lord. I believe our loved ones are there. Their, their bodies are asleep in Jesus. On resurrection day, their spirit will come back and unite, unite with their body and they will resurrect. And we think of heaven as that place. But in the day that Christ sets up his kingdom on earth, the new Jerusalem's coming down to the earth. And once again, it's tabernacling among men, which it has done pinpointed all throughout history because God wants to be with his creation. Amen. On that day, heaven will come down from earth and it will come down just as God's glory had come down in every other tabernacle. It will be in that city where the Lamb is the light. It will come down and it will express itself to those who during their years of living upon the earth, they follow the divine pattern and they follow the divine order and they will forever have fellowship with the Lord. No need of a veil, no need of a flesh, no need of any anything, any medium of transference. It's unabated, un, un, unaltered fellowship. The Bible says in Revelations 21 verse 22, John said, I saw no temple therein. He says in that city, in that new Jerusalem, I saw no temple therein. For the Lord, God Almighty, and the Lamb are the temple of it. He says in verse 23, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it for the glory, for the glory, for the glory, for the glory of God did lighten it and the lamb is the light. He came down and showed himself in the tabernacle. He showed himself in the temple and the next temple and the man Christ Jesus and in our lives all for the purpose that he's been trying to get heaven to earth from the very beginning. My God. Yes. Someone say amen. Woo. Mm. We, in many regards, will see what Isaiah saw in his vision of Isaiah 6. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up sitting on a throne, his train filled the temple. And you know what? You know what Isaiah said in this vision also? I love this. He says, the whole earth, everybody say the whole earth. He said, the whole earth is full of his glory. Moses, if you're going to see it, you're going to see it in a pillar of cloud by day or a pillar of fire by night. You're going to see it in a cloud that's over top of the Ark of the Covenant. Amen. In the holy place. Amen. Solomon, if the priests are going to see it in your day, they're going to enter into the outer court and to the holy of the holies and to the holiest place. And they're going to see the glory of the Lord. And they're going to see it in Jesus' name. Amen. They're going to see it manifested through his flesh. Amen. Through his works and wonders. If you're going to see it during the day of Pentecost, it's going to come as cloven tongues of fire. And it's going to fall on them. And you're going to experience in your life but if you're going to see it in that day when all things have come to an end and there's a new kingdom it's going to come by virtue of the glory and it's not going to be retained to a solitary person or a solitary group of people or a solitary tabernacle it will cover the whole earth because heaven has come down to earth 
filled buildings. It's filled people. One of these days, it's going to fill the, the whole earth. When heaven comes to earth, the glory will cover the earth. Perhaps that creates a greater link for us than as he taught his disciples and told them, pray, thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. Because the new Jerusalem's coming down to the earth. God said in Numbers, stay with me just for a little while longer, okay? God said in Numbers 14.21, just for your reference, that all the earth would be filled with the glory of the Lord. The psalmist often spoke of his glory being above the earth. We read this often in Psalms, saying that the glory of the Lord is above the earth. But he particularly and plainly says in Psalm 72 and verse number 19, let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Not just that it would be above, but the earth would be filled with his glory. Habakkuk said, as the waters covered the sea, so shall the knowledge of the glory of the Lord do what? Cover the earth. Listen to me for a moment. Paradise, as we call it, Eden, paradise was lost in Genesis. But paradise is regained in Revelation. Satan's first victory in the book of Genesis, in the garden. But his final defeat, we find in the book of Revelation. Death made its debut in the book of Genesis. But death is destroyed. In the book of Revelation. Much, and you understand with me, I ain't going to hold you much longer. Much of what we saw lost in Eden is regained when heaven comes down to earth. Eden had the tree of life in the midst of the garden. Heaven has the tree of life spoken of in Revelation 22. Eden had a river that flowed out of it that parted into four rivers of the Tigris and the Euphrates and so on and so forth. Amen. Heaven has a river that flows from it. What was lost in Eden is regained in heaven in Revelation because heaven has come down to earth to stay. All throughout God's word. And those are probably just glimpses and there are probably much more. God wanting to be with mankind, wanting to be with creation. He's made ways for him to be able to do so. Because ultimately someday, there's going to be that never, we will never part again. We'll never part again. There will not be the spirit going to God who gave it and and the, the body going back to the dust from which it came. We will never part again. There'll be no dying there. There'll be no tears there. There'll be no sickness and disease there. There will be just not one time a year that we can experience the glory of the Lord. There won't be just touching Jesus and hoping that we're touching God. No. Totally immersed in the glory of the Lord, which has been his burden, his desire from the very beginning we'll still be able to hear the voice 
Revelation says, and it has the sound of many waters. And it'll be the Lord. No temple there. He's the, he is the temple. No absolute structure there of goat's hair and badger skins. And acacia wood and gold. No. He is the temple. And we just live in the glory. Man, I tell you what, I wouldn't mind just having a glory experience right now. Just for preparations for eternal glory someday. Can we raise our hands all across this place? Heaven upon earth. Heaven on earth. I, I urge you this morning that if you have not the spirit of Christ, you need the Holy Ghost today. I urge you today, if you don't know the Lord and the power of his might and his resurrection, you need his spirit today. You need the glory of the Lord to fill your temple to fill your temple. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we need you this morning, oh God. We need the glory, the glory, God, that has manifested itself from the beginning, that have shown itself to us through various and sundry ways and means. God, I pray, Lord, that we can be temples ourselves. God, that we feel, Lord, with that glory. I pray, oh, Lord God, let heaven touch earth today. Let heaven touch earth today. Lord, our motto around here, God, is where heaven and earth connect. Let heaven touch earth today. I pray, oh, Lord, today we need the power of your spirit. We need the glory of the Lord to fill this place hallelujah God that you would come down and tabernacle among us God you would be with the uh, us oh Lord and we would be your people Lord in that day Lord that final day God when every other kingdom is destroyed God and every other Lord Jesus God governing power Lord Lord is suppressed God and you come down Lord Jesus a stone that is hewn out of the mountain without hands that becomes a kingdom an everlasting kingdom whose government knows no end God that we can be a part of father hallelujah Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus someone say amen need heaven to come down to earth heaven to come down to earth hallelujah amen thank God Man, he, I'm telling you, he wants to be with us bad. I don't know if you really understand it. He really wants to be with us bad. Amen. Man, I, want to, I just want to follow the order, follow the pattern. Because I want that interaction, communion with God. Hallelujah. Come back tonight. Amen. We have service here, of course, at 6. Again, this coming Wednesday will be our last Wednesday night Bible study in John. Amen for now. And we will be transitioning to connect groups in June. All right, the first Wednesday of June. We will all have on the bulletin board on Wednesday uh, night. Uh, the new uh, shuffled uh, connect groups will be on the bulletin board so that you know then the following week where you're going to go. Come back next Sunday, only one service. Brother Mason will be ministering the a.m. Be praying for me and my family. We'll be heading out toward this coming, the end of this coming week for New Mexico to do ministry and such out there. And so we covet your prayers. Amen. We'll come back uh, sometime. It's a little bit of a drive, so we'll take a few days to get out there, a few days to get back, amen, type of scenario, and just pray that God just smites the gas prices, and uh, or someone might have to come get us. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> amen. God bless you. Amen. In Jesus' name this morning. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you. 
and have a blessed day.